Whisper Nation. Week six is upon us. We got the morning games on our slate for today's episode. We're going to be diving into each and every single one of these. We're going to tell you who you need to sit, who you need to start, who you should consider, maybe go and pick up off the waiver, all that and more. We're going to get into some deep discussion on each of these morning matchups, all that and more on this episode of the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. That's right. Like Johnny said, we're talking the first slate uh, or the first half of the NFL slate of action for Sunday's matchup here in week six. But if you like that fresh fantasy football content and you want more of it, consider subscribing over on the YouTube channel and giving this and our other videos a like on your way in. You can be now welcomed all the way in Whisper Nation. My name is Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I'm joined by Johnny Game Time Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. What's good, Johnny? Dude, I can't believe how fast this season is flying by. I cannot believe we're already talking about week six and breaking these down. But, man, we got some exciting, exciting matchups, some things that I, you know, we uncovered as we're doing our show notes like usual. Uh, So excited to talk about those. But, Travis, my man, it is it is fall. It is fall time. Weather's getting a little a little colder. I had to I had to bust out the jacket last night. It looks like you had to bust out the jacket for this recording. Yeah, if you're watching on Patreon right now, you see I'm wearing my girlfriend's jacket. I'm over here recording it at her house, and I had to jump on over and get her jacket on because it is turning cold. Even over here in LA, it's getting a little bit chillier. Of course, that means it's October, so by Friday it'll be 90 degrees again. But that's right. how it rocks here in LA. We'll figure it out as we go along. So the weather can be a little bit scarier. But do you know what's spookier than the weather, Johnny? Uh, your your dynasty roster? That is very scary, but spookier than that and spookier than a black cat on Halloween is shaving your balls with anything than other, other than mine's manscaped. Mindscape. Mindscape reminds me of Minesweeper, yeah. you know? Don't shave your, uh, your balls with Mindscape. That yeah, would be horrible. Do, do not shave your anything with other... Don't shave your balls with anything other than Manscaped. That's the point here. And when it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you spend into your fantasy team, you might as well give them the gift of some beautiful balls with Manscaped. All right, Johnny, as we normally do, I want to start the show off with a question. Which QB inside the top five that I'm about to list to you is the best shot to finish the QB one overall? Because we've had spiked weeks from all of them. And who is the most likely to fall out of the top five? So number one is Tom Brady. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Number three is Josh Allen. Number four is Lamar Jackson. And number five is Justin Herbert. So my coming into the season and everything that I'm expecting, I would have to go with the answer, Justin Herbert. That's where I would go with this. I would say that Justin Herbert, according to my stats, would have the best opportunity to fall out of this top five. However, I'm I am coming around and I'm seeing what he's doing with the rock slinging it around. He's got those wide receiver weapons humming. And so I dare I say, dare I go this far, Big Travi, and say that I really do kind of think it 
it could be Pat Mahomes. I think this could be the year where Pat Mahomes falls outside of that top five because they're not playing great. There's some concerns about their weapons over there. And I, I like it's you, you're going down this list of, of, of quarterbacks here and it's hard to put anyone else outside that. So I actually disagree emphatically oh, with you here. I wow, think that emphatically, Mahomes, huh? I think Mahomes has the best shot to finish as the QB one. And that's really? because, yeah, maybe him or Brady. And I'll explain why. And I think that is because their defenses are both so bad against the pass right now that teams are able to throw all over them. And what did we see out of Dak last year when the Cowboys defense was so bad? He was throwing it you know, upwards of 500 yards per game, you know, a ton of pass attempts. Mm -hmm. You put that with some of the greats in the game, Mahomes, Brady, you give them a secondary that can be, you know, passed on consistently. They're going to have to keep throwing. These are guys that already want to throw for four touchdowns. And then you give them a defense that can't stop anybody. I'm for sure going with those guys as the, as the best option. And I'm going to go with Mahomes because he's just done it before uh, more recently than Brady getting QB one. So I think the youth is on his side there. And, um, which as far outside. as falling out, it is Herbert because Herbert of all these guys yeah. is the one and maybe not, you know, him, him over Brady, but Brady's t team is just too stacked and too ready to go. So yeah. Herbert's rushing upside isn't there. So I would say he'd fall out. I like it. All right. Well, we like doing this show for you guys. Once again, doing all the start, sit and fantasy relevant advice. But if you like more content, head over to YouTube, hit subscribe on the channel. We're going to start rocking through these games. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Miami Dolphins. Over across the pond in London, again, we give them just two great teams for London to really feast upon. You get my him early? You get up early to watch this? Maybe. This is a potential missed maybe. Out I, I missed one. the I last game. Did. Yeah, I didn't want to watch did. that one, but I might get into this one. <laughs> Jacksonville hosting Miami. It's a 47-point over-under, decent over-under. Uh, Miami host or, um, visiting, technically, and they're three-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. Johnny, I wanted to ask you here about the trust in any wide receivers. We saw Devontae Parker miss. We saw, excuse me, we saw, um, what's his name? Preston Williams come back into the fold here. Mike yeah. Kosicki's had some good moments. The pass catchers for you. How are you breaking this down for this particular game? For this particular game, I I love the matchup, right? Jacksonville giving up the seventh most receiving yards, 12th in receiving uh, and receptions allowed to wide receivers. But they've only allowed two uh, two touchdowns so far to wide receivers. So when I look at that, it makes me, you know, and you're looking at this wide receiver core, you got Devontae Parker banged up, dealing with injuries. Not sure if he is going to give it a go as of recording this. He has not yet practiced. So it's not deeming like it's going to, to go for Parker. So then you look at Waddle and you say, well, what about Waddle? Waddle should get a lot of targets in. This is a juicy matchup, but. The problem with Waddle is they're not being consistent enough with those targets. And so I tend to not want to put Waddle in my lineup right at right now because I am just so uncertain as to how he is going to do on a week-to-week -week basis despite the matchup. I did, you know, Waddle did see his best game with Tua under center. Mm. Reports are that Tua could end up going, but I still want to see it first before I end up throwing him into this matchup. And then you're talking about Mike Jacecki. I'll be honest with you, Travis. He's the only guy that I would like to start in this as far as the wide receiver core or pass catching options here because Jacksonville allowing the fit, the six most rece uh, reception yards to opposing tight ends just allowed CJ, your boy, CJ Uzama, 
five receptions for 95 yards and two tutties last week. Uh, so I am definitely getting Mike Jacecki in my lineup. He's seen six or more targets in four out of five games this season, and he hasn't seen fewer than 40 receiving yards in a single game. So he's got a relatively safe floor for a tight end, you know, not the greatest, but a relatively safe floor for a tight end. And the upside is certainly there because of the matchup. I'm sticking with Gaskin. Yeah, I think Jacecki. Uh, uh, yeah, Jacecki is probably the one I would I would trust as well out of the pass catchers, and that's just because we have some massive inconsistencies at the quarterback position. Um, mm-hmm. Tua obviously uh, designated to return and back at practice, but we don't know if he'll actually get the start here. Brissett, he's had 30 or more pass attempts in all four games started, but really been on on underwhelming uh, back-to-back games with two or more touchdowns either could be in the best matchup of their year for them, but it's hard yeah. to trust them. I would look elsewhere uh, this week uh, as a streaming option. We'll talk about a few more in this actual podcast of guys you could stream. I want to talk about miles Gaskin, Johnny. We saw some signs of life. We were wondering if Gaskin was going to remain on a milk carton all year, but we had great <laughs> signs last year, getting five carries only, but he played on a season high 69. Nice. nice. percent of the snaps. But even more valuable was his use in the passing game. He had he led the team in targets last week, Johnny, he caught, with 10. He caught all of them for 74 yards and two touchdowns. I have concerns, though, about the rushing volume. But this is a great mashup for pure rushing backs as Jacksonville's given up nine total touchdowns to opposing running backs. However, they've been better against pass-catching backs, though, and could we could have to assume... We have to assume rational coaching out of Miles Gaskin if we really want to go ahead and like trust him here. I think it's a decent play, especially if you want. We don't talk about this, but a Saturday morning thirst. If you want a little bit of that Ooh. London thirst, Ooh. Gaskin is probably the one guy on on the Miami team that I'm trusting. As we move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Johnny, we're trusting J- James Robinson here because he has just yeah. been an RB one and continues to do so and prove doubters wrong, including you. Uh, yeah. But he's going up against uh, Miami here. How are you feeling about this matchup? Again, it's not necessarily. I don't like. Oh no, James you hate Robinson. Him. You hate. No, him. it's. I don't like him. the coach. I don't like no, that coaching. Cool. It's system. fine. But yeah, I mean, he is producing. He is producing on seventy percent of the touches there, or seventy percent of the snaps. He's not seeing over that, but. Even with that, he's is coming 18 touches. So as long as he keeps up the touches and he is uh, the goal line running back, which he has been over the last few weeks, I continue to think he'll be a strong RB2 with the RB1 upside play uh, each week. 70, rece- uh, 70 yards plus per game over the last three games. So you want to stay in the flames. Miami allowing the fifth most rushing yards to running backs. Uh, and the second most rushing touchdowns to running backs. Uh, Carlos Hyde falling to the side, which is what we wanted to see. However, I do want – this sounds weird, but if you if you have James Robinson, you should have Carlos Hyde as the handcuff because if anything does happen to James Robinson, it is going to go to Carlos Hyde uh, to get a bulk of those uh, carries because we've seen them somewhat trust Hyde already. They don't really have any other running backs in that depth chart that – are of significance. So, uh, yeah, I'll play James Robinson. I'll continue to, as long as they're going to do the rational coaching thing and put in their best player. Yeah, I think that's a great call, obviously, uh, to pick up Hyde if you are the James Robinson owner, just because obviously Urban Meyer can't get it through his head that Carlos Hyde should be gone, but that's what right. we're dealing with. Trevor Lawrence is somebody I want to touch on, Johnny, because he's kind of warming up as a streaming option here. And this is a good, decent matchup here. 
Uh, 17 or more fantasy points and four-point scoring over the last two weeks. Decent over-under here. We talked about that, 47.5. He should be able to capitalize. 27 or more rushing yards, Johnny, in three straight as they've designed more scrambles for Trevor Lawrence. We talked about his sneaky rushing upside in the offseason. It's starting to show its face a little bit here. And then Miami. They've allowed the six most points per game to opposing quarterbacks. So I'm okay with Trevor Lawrence as a streaming option over, you know, the Miami quarterbacks we talk about. And there's a few other guys I would start him over as well. But, Johnny, when we look at the wide receivers and we had LaVisca's letdown and we have the Dan Mm -hmm. Arnold love, how do we feel um, about – oh, how do we feel about LaVisca Chenault this week? Are you trusting LaVisca at all? I am. I'm a little concerned with what we, you know, we we should have gotten out of LaVisca, right? Um, I was expecting a lot more. I was expecting a monster. He had a pretty solid day. Uh, But again, Travis, I want to ask you, because I know you're a big fan of LaVisca. Hmm. I know that Whisper Nation has heard a lot about what I think of of Visca. But what do you think about Visca and and these wide receiver core? Because I don't know, like, I don't know where to... Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, right? It's been a little bit of a roller coaster. He's got seven or more targets in three of five games, but then he's got four or fewer catchers and few four or few fewer catches in the other two. He's supposed to have a larger role. That's what they said coming in, but he only saw the one catch for 58 yards. So that's definitely something we're looking at. We're like, well, that's not really uh, something we trust. Uh, Marvin Jones, you know, after starting the year with eight or more targets, a hot waiver ad um, in the first three games. He has eight total over his last two. He hasn't seen over 75 yards since week one. Call it defensive attention or just classic Marvin Jones, but he's basically disappeared. So the offense is just looking more inconsistent than I'd like to trust. Miami has been torched by wide receivers, though, Johnny, to the tune of 29 fantasy points per game. Visca is the one I would roll with, but nothing more than a desperation flex and PPR. I think you can find better options, but again, with some teams on by, maybe you can't. Dan Arnold. I want to touch quickly on Dan Arnold. After being traded for because Urban Meyer loved him, he garnered a quiet eight targets last week. So 73% of the snaps last week, and he caught six balls for 64 yards. We've actually seen week one. It was O'Shaughnessy. We saw some other guys get involved as t- at tight end. This offense seems to go to the tight end. Obviously, we've talked about in the past rookie tight ends or rookie um, QBs. Um going towards their tight end. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Uh, but I think he's a fine streaming option this week, Johnny. Miami allowing 8.8 fantasy points per game to the position. Nice. All right. Not as nice so as like 69, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, not as nice. <laughs> no. uh, moving on to the Washington football team hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in our next game. This is a massive over-under, Johnny. Yes. 55 and a half. Uh, seven points are the Kansas City favorites here in this one because we know... Basically, both these defenses cannot stop the pass. They cannot stop really much of anything. Kansas City side of the ball, Johnny, we got to talk about this running back position because Daryl Williams and CEH's injury and, you know, Daryl Williams was a hot waiver ad. We loving him this week against Washington. Waiver wire. And uh, I like the matchup. I do like the matchup quite a lot. Tenth most fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Thirteen fewest rushing a lot. Fewest rushing yards allowed. And they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the season. Sounds you know, like, well, that doesn't sound that great, Johnny. Well, they have allowed six receiving touchdowns to the opposing running back. So a total of eight uh, touchdowns in total allowed by Washington to that running back. You look at Darrell Williams. He did take over that CEH role. He was the backup. 
Uh, CH went down, expected out anywhere from uh, three to five weeks uh, or two to four was the other timetable that I did see. So we'll keep monitoring that. Not as bad as expected, but what we did see uh daryl out touched mckinnon eight to three after the ch injury daryl being pretty decent 3.8 yards per carry on 26 touches a season not terrible and he's seen at least one red area attempt per game uh this season so i think that you can throw williams in there i think that he is going to see somewhere around 15 touches because that's what ceh was seeing and then you look at Jarrett mckinnon on the other side of this there is a, a side that I do think this could be a Jarrett McKinnon game, uh, mostly because of that receiving work, right? Uh, six receiving touchdowns is where that kind of weakness is for Washington. And we know that McKinnon is electric with that pass catching ability, Travis. However, we have seen Daryl really take that over, you know, like he was that pass catcher for him before. So I could still see them using him a little bit. I don't, think a massive target day is what you're going to get from Daryl but I think you're you're uh you're fine rolling him out there in your lineup want to talk a little bit about Tyreek Hill because he is dealing with a quad injury um he's missed practice to start the week but it is only Wednesday as we record this so continue to monitor that he's got 12 or more targets in three of five games um so I think he's he's pretty okay here we even when he gets bracketed he still gets looks so we like that um I want to talk, though, mostly about Mecole Hardman because we got to know if Mecole is the whack-a-mole or kind of worth the roll of the dice here. Um, he now has 10 or more PPR points in three of five games. Last week saw 12 targets, catching nine for 76 yards. And for both of these wide receivers, Johnny, it's an absolute nuclear spot. Reek uh, is going to face Washington, and that's allowed 29 points per game to wide receivers, the fourth most yards, and the third most wide receiver touchdowns in 2021. When you look at Nicole Hardman, you can probably flex him this week because of that defense that's just getting torched. But you could also uh, maybe, you know, if Reek were to miss time, it would be wheels effing up here for Nicole Hardman, in my opinion, because I just think that he's he'd be in, in line for so much work against a defense that can't stop a nosebleed. When you look at Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, he's the tight end one, a.k.a. like the Thanos of tight ends, like he's going to continue to just do what he does. Washington is one of the better teams against tight ends, though, only allowing one touchdown per year. You're not benching uh, him, of course, um, but uh, we got to keep rocking and rolling with him uh, regardless of matchup. And then, of course, that's the same with Pat Mahomes, but he is playing, you know, a team that only the Chiefs have allowed more points to the quarterback. So yeah. this is this is this game has fireworks all over it, which means can we start Taylor Heineke on the other side of the ball? Johnny, when I look at him, 21 or more fantasy points in three of his last four games, back-to-back -back weeks with 40-plus rushing yards, you know, mm -hmm. that's good. You like to see that. Borderline QB one on the year, having played limited snaps in week one. But one of my favorite streams of the week, man, Kansas City is the best matchup to target for your fantasy quarterback. They allow, they've allowed 14 points to Baker, but if you take that out, 34 to Lamar, 30 to Herbert, 27 to Hertz, and 36 to Allen. They have just been absolutely to torched. Now, obviously, Heineke is not that guy, but this game will have fireworks. Kansas City cannot stop anything at the uh, any offense at this moment, so I really like that. Wanted to ask you about Antonio Gibson, Johnny. Um, where's our concern level with him and the injury, lack of receiving work? Would we be looking to offload him before he gets you know, more of a long-term injury or something like that. I, I'm i a little torn. I, originally, I was like, eh, I'm not going to give up Antonio Gibson. Like, well, I right. I know, understand that the injury concern is there. 
However, I mean, they're not really treating him that way. They're still giving him, I mean, he's got 15 touches and, and, uh, 15 touches or more in four out of five games so far this season. He's only seen, you know, two targets, more than two targets in one game, though. Like we said, we talked to you uh, earlier about uh, we were expecting Gibson to really take on a much bigger load in that receiving area and hope that J- J.D. McKissick would kind of take a back seat. However, that does not necessarily happen. Uh, they have not yet really kind of given Gibson that full CMC workload yet. Uh, and that was kind of why we were so excited about drafting him in the first place and why we saw him with such a high, high upside was because we thought he was going to get that CMC role. It doesn't look like he's going to get that full workload. So if you want to trade him based on that aspect, Travis, then I'm okay. Like saying like, oh, he can no longer, do I think he'd be the number one overall running back now? I don't because he's not getting that entire workload. However, I the major reason that people didn't think he would meet expectations was because the touchdown regression at 11 touchdowns last year, but he's still on pace, Travis, to, to, to smash that. He's had four yeah. total touchdowns in five games this season. So he's still a touchdown machine, which is touchdowns. Are, yeah, it's make like the offense part is- of it. The offense is maybe not worse than last year. Could be a little bit better than last year with Heineke. And that yeah. means that they're going to have even more red zone. And he's clearly the red zone guy and who they want to go to when they're in there. So I like that call as well. Wanted to quickly give it to you about Terry McLaurin. Obviously a must start and tell the people why here. I mean, Terry McLaurin has been an absolute monster. I He had a bad game. He had a couple bad games. Uh, but. I do think this is a get right spot for him. I think that you are going to really want to try and fit him in your lineup. If you have any struggles, some players do because of their loaded roster depth and they see Terry McLaurin, you know, not doing that well last week might concern them as to starting him this week. But look at this matchup with Kansas City, allowing the 11th most receiving yards to wide receivers tied with fourth. Uh, for the most touchdowns surrendered to opposing wide receivers as well. You're starting, starting, starting Terry McLaurin, who has seen 11-plus touches in the last – or sorry, excuse me, 11-plus targets in three out of the last four games with uh, Taylor Heineke. Three starts there for McLaurin, maybe two starts, one and a half for Ricky Seals-Jones. 93% or more of the snaps in both games without Thomas. Last week with Thomas fully fully out of the lineup – He goes five of eight for 41 yards. Kansas City is allowing the fourth most receptions per game and the most yards per game and the fifth most points per game to the tight end position. This is a smash spot. Again, we've talked about the over and under at nauseum here. The next game on the slate is the New York Giants hosting the Los Angeles Rams. This is a 47 and a half point over under with the Rams favored by nearly 11. Johnny, the biggest question for me is the Cup and Woods outlook after a couple down weeks from Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. and the squeaky wheel bounce back from Robert Woods. How can we project this wide receiving core, and in particular against this Giants secondary? Okay, here's the thing. I did like the squeaky wheel gets greased last week with Robert Woods. Uh, it, you know, after coming in and seeing a season high of only nine targets prior to week five, Woods exploded for 14 last week. Uh, and caught 12 of them, had a massive day for 150 yards, we loved seeing that got people rejuvenated again in Robert Woods. I do think that you can play him in this matchup. Uh, it's not the greatest. It's not as as enticing as it actually looks on paper. 
but the Giants are giving up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And uh, that's mostly in yardage, right? It, they've only allowed, they tighten up in the red area, allowing only five touchdowns to the wide receivers. So between Cup and Woods, if you're asking me, I do think this is going to be much more of a Cup game. Uh, I thought that we saw a Woods game last week. I do think Woods is more involved than he was in the first couple of games. But according to PFF, he does have the best, uh, Cooper Cup has the best matchup of the corners. And I expect them to exploit that. And I do think that Woods will be fine because Bradsbury giving up 0.40 fantasy points per route ran. Well, Robert Woods is currently getting 0.45 fantasy points per route ran anyway. So you look to see that uh, Robert Woods should be just fine in this matchup. Yeah, I got to do it, Johnny. I got to do this on you. I got to take a little bit of a victory lap here. I got to take it. a victory lap on Daryl Henderson because you do. You do all off it. season, uh, despite what happened to Cam Akers and despite bringing in Sony Michelle, Kind of got told by you that it was going to be the Sony Michelle job before the end of the year. And Henderson off of elite usage has been nothing but basically an RB1 when he's on the field. 15 or more fantasy points in PPR in the four games that he's played. That has him comfortably as the RB15 in both formats. He's missed that one game, obviously. Need more consistency in the passing game for sure. He's had five or more targets, though, in two games. And then one target in the other two games. So uh, it's kind of a split there. But he's improved vastly as a pass blocker, which has kept him on the field. PFF grades him as 74 in pass blocking. And again, he's going to be an RB1 if he's on the field. Obviously has been known to get dinged up. But the usage and explosion are there on tape. We can see it. This is what we like to see out of Memphis. Great spot. Heavy road favorites are the Rams here at 10 and a half points. Uh, Giant squad has given up the third most rushing yards to running back. So I'm loving me some Daryl Henderson. I also want to give some hope to those Higby owners out there, those truthers that Johnny uh, got going in Whisper Nation. You know, they're out there and they're wondering what's going on because he's, he's yeah, been a hope. borderline. He's got a been a borderline tight end one, hasn't always done it, but he's got 75% or more of snaps in all five games, has five or more targets in 40 yards or a touchdown in three of those five games. So he's definitely got the juice there in the three of five games. He just hasn't been as consistent. I think he will start to get more consistent because he's on the field a lot. And then the Giants, they're giving up four tight end scores on the year and the six most points per game to the position. And then, of course, Stafford, even after a couple uh, slow and weirdly paced weeks, uh, Stafford is chilling right there at QB eight belongs in your lineup as QB one against this deflated giants team. And so Johnny will start, we'll go to those deflated giants. Kadarius Tony is maybe the one shining star right here, peeking through a bunch of banged up injury plague giant weapons right now. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries and and things going on for the Giants. Uh, pretty much every skill position uh, that they have, they have their main guys banged up. Right. But, out of the darkness comes some light, and that is Kadarius Tony, who exploded last week and had a monster, monster game. Probably one of your top waiver wire priorities. Maybe, hopefully, you got him. But you do need to monitor his situation this week because he he could miss. Right, he's dealing with an ankle injury. We don't know exactly the severity of it, but they're saying he could potentially miss this week. If that happens, keep it, hold on to him. If anyone drops them in your league, I would go and then pick them up because they were expecting you to play them this week. Uh, I would I would go pick them up. But if Tony does end up playing uh, Kenny G, he's going to be out or expect to be out in this game. Uh, Sound like he's not going to go hyperextended knee in that last matchup. Sterling Shepard, on the other hand, is expected to be back this week, Travis. 
So this is what's going to be interesting. This is what I want to know. Because Tony was eyeing that slot position. That was where he blew up the last two weeks. It was because Shepard was not on the field. Shepard plays the slot. When he comes back, is he going to go back in that slot is what I'm wondering. Or, because we know he can play inside and outside. I don't think that they would ask Tony to do that as a rookie. I think that they would keep him in the slot. So I do think that Tony has the ability to keep up his volume, keep up this pace and and be a kind of a breakout wide receiver for you because I expect with Kenny G out that they'll move Shepard back outside, leaving Tony's targets alone. And then even when Kenny G comes back, I still think that that would probably be their three wide receiver set, but they would just then move Shepard to the outside on the other side. So uh, that is what I think it is. And that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Yeah. I think you're spot on there. I think because of Shepard's, not only his history being able to play outside and inside his history within the offense, that is exactly what they'll have to do. And there's no way they're putting this back into the bottle, especially with all the, the weapons that are going to be out for them, including Saquon and Kenny G. So I want to speak quickly on Evan Ingram because he's kind of a low key, um, like weapon here that could couldn't see see increased usage because of these injuries, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Since he returned from his own injury, he's increased his snap share over the last three weeks. Last week went four of four for fifty four yards, that which was a season high in yardage for him. Injuries to all the pass catchers would put him in line for more work, as we talked about, and he led this team in targets last year. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Unfortunately, the Rams have only allowed one touchdown on the year to tight ends. Yeah. Um, but they've been giving up some yardage and catches, which puts them at about eight points per game that they give up to the tight end. So I actually think he could live off of volume here. And I think he's worth a start along with Tony and even Sterling Shepard in some formats yeah. as well. Yeah. Rams are one of those defenses. They're giving up a lot of yards, but they're not necessarily giving up a lot of uh, touchdown receptions. So uh, they're a bend, but don't break. Yeah, broken might be what Daniel Jones's brain was after he was concussed oh gosh, last week. Uh, monitor his status. Uh, that was a bad one. Um, yeah. And then he's going to be in line to face a tough Rams secondary with Aaron Donald to face right after a week he got con- concussed. Not really getting me excited here. I think if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm going to say, man, I'm, I'm having some symptoms. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I want to come back to this game. I want to talk quickly about Devontae Booker because, like we talked about with Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker was maybe even a higher waiver yeah. priority this week because last week he saw 18 touches to, to Elijah Penny's just one after Saquon exited the game. He'd be in line for a full workload, it looks like, fresh off of a 20-point performance in PPR. But I'm hesitant here, Johnny, because although the Rams have allowed 18 points per game to running backs and been middle of the road, they are ranked as the number one run defense per pro football focus. Okay, so also nearly 11-point underdogs are the Giants, and the game script is not in their favor. But that being said, I want to give a little bit of hope for some RB3, RB2, kind of low-end RB2, high RB3 usage here because the volume, his touchdown upside, and the fact that he saw four targets and caught a receiving touchdown last week keeps him in play here as a low-end RB3 with that RB2 upside, especially, Johnny, we have Alvin Kamara, Cordell Patterson, and all the 49ers backs on by this week. So I think he's definitely worth a look this week speaking of of taking a look big trap in a book in a book it's reading you know rainbow what, you know what western nation needs to do to take a look is go on over to underdog sponsors That's of right. our show another sponsor of our show underdog i wanted to, i want to tell whisper nation about 
underdog fantasy. Listen, if you haven't Do played it. underdog fantasy, I am telling you, you're missing out. It's one of the best and easiest ways to play and play fantasy football for big cash prizes. I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you cause I play, I wouldn't just tell you if I didn't play, I love playing on underdog. They have player prop bets like over under on touchdowns, which I love, you know, your boy loves those tutties and I like predicting them. Not only that, they have receiving yards, rushing totals, and more. We will be helping you build at least a few bet slips each week. And when you go to underdog.com or download the app, they're going to give you, yes, you, Whisper Nation, $10 in free money when you use the promo code TFW. Again, that is the promo code TFW to receive $10 free when you sign up. This is underdog.com or download the app and use the promo code TFW for 10 bucks of free money. Ten dollars. You can't. You can't get better than can't, ten free dollars. Can't beat it. And then if you turn no. that ten into more, it's like all on. It's Dude, all on the house money. Hey, we're and we're laying down some. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to brag too much about it. You know, try. I mean, Whisper Nation lets us know, so we can we could say this because Whisper Nation tells us. But we've been pretty spot on on a lot of these calls, and so you can definitely make that money. Double, triple, make that money. All right. Yeah. Well, some team that's not really making the money right now, as far as fantasy football points, are the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. and they're going to be visiting the Indianapolis Colts in a forty-two and a half point over, mostly under. Uh, Indianapolis favored by nine and a half at home here. This is a brutal game to kind of uh, project. I just want to make a point on Davis Mills because I know he's coming off a twenty-four point performance. He had three touchdowns and three hundred yards against Bill Belichick, something that only Russ Wilson had done previously. But this feels like a false positive here. Indy does allow the third most points per game to the position. But I'm going to say only in deeper 14-plus team leagues with two quarterbacks. That's where I love them this week. I don't love them in anything other than that. And how about Brandon Cooks, Johnny, is the only other piece here we need to talk about with Houston as somebody yeah. you might uh, you might project as a good <laughs> matchup here this week. Yeah, that's the only other person I want to uh, really talk about for this uh, Houston team. I do like the matchup a lot. Indy allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season. They've given up 10, Travis. He has 10 touchdowns to wide receivers. So that spells a good team. That that spells a good day for Brandon Cooks, uh, who, yes, I understand after seeing 25 targets in weeks two and three, has only seen 19 targets in the other three games combined. And that is concerning. But this matchup is so entirely juicy and tantalizing that you should be able to get Brandon Cooks back in your lineup, have some confidence that he's at minimum a wide receiver three, but he has that high upside wide receiver two or maybe even a wide receiver one day because of this matchup. I love it. I want to move on to the Colts side of the football, Johnny, where we talk about Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. We look at Taylor. It's been kind of an up and down you know, are we stressed? Are we not stressed about Jonathan Taylor year so far? Um, Taylor's been an RB1 in all formats, though, and he's never seen below 16 touches in a game. He's got three touchdowns over his last two contests, and that's probably because he leads the NFL with 24 carries inside the 20 and eight carries inside the five. There's no doubt that this offense runs through Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, you could actually even look at Naheem Hines and look at as, look at him as a droppable player right now, Johnny. He's seen less than two targets in three of five games and in those same games jonathan taylor has uh three uh three or more targets so or three or more catches so you look at a situation where uh basically naheem hines is 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 droppable in my mind jonathan taylor is now gonna 
you know, just be the guy that they continue to use. And look at that screen pass he took again to the house on Monday. We see when they give him the ball in space, he is really good. He's one of the elite options at the position. And then you look at Houston allowing over 20 points per game to the position, and they've given up four rushing scores and the seventh most rushing yards per game to the position. This is a cake matchup for him. Johnny, I want to talk to you a little bit about Michael Pittman because we've rostered him for a while. He's had some targets, and then he kind of went off against Baltimore. Kind of went off was an understatement. He really carried some people uh, very. You like what you're seeing out of Michael Pittman, really taking that next step as that second year breakout wide receiver. He's seen seven or more targets in four straight games. You like that 24.4 target rate. You like that six red zone targets, 12th in the league. You love that. But what you don't love is this matchup this week, fifth and uh, fifth fewest in points allowed to the wide receiver Houston, that is, doesn't seem that way. But on paper, they're actually a much more difficult matchup uh, than it, it, it looks. They've only surrendered two touchdowns all season to opposing wide receivers, and they are bottom 10 in yards allowed to the position. They really mud up, muddy up this game, these games, and make it ugly for the wide receivers. So I am not looking to start Mike, uh, Michael Pittman this week. I would get him out of your lineup uh, for a better option, hopefully. Uh, I I just want to touch, though, Travis, our boy. Big our Mo. Boy, big, big Mo. Dude, he's starting to get warmed up and potentially has a monster, monster juicy matchup. Monster juicy. I don't know if that makes sense, but it is, it is a very nice matchup. Houston giving up the most fantasy points to tight ends this season big mo over the last two games uh the last two weeks taking over nine targets at least 40 receiving yards in each of those games you could do a lot worse than starting big mo in a great great matchup quickly want to touch in on carson wentz has over 600 yards and four touchdowns zero interceptions in the last two weeks but those you know against miami and baltimore posting 17 and 21 fantasy points in those games Will be worth a deeper stream or a two-quarterback look this week against a Houston team that's giving up 20 points per game to the position. I want to position us on the next game. That's the Detroit Lions hosting the Cincinnati Bengals in a 47.5-point over-under. We have Cincinnati favored by 3.5 on the road. And I want to talk about our guy, the Tiger King, Joe Exotic, Joe Burrow, who's building some momentum. Um also calling him the throat goat. He had the throat confusion. Yeah, the throat goat. I think that's a good one. Um. He's building momentum. He's got a great match of 18 or more fantasy points in four or five games this year for Joey B. He's tossed at least two touchdowns in every game. He has three or more rushing attempts over his last three games. Then you look at the Lions, Johnny. They've been decent against QBs, but they face guys like, you know, lower tiers like Jimmy G, Justin Fields. Burrow's, Burrow, you, you know, the truthers, you got to rejoice out there. PFF's eighth rated passer in Joe Burrow will now take on PFF's 32nd ranked passing defense. Let's go. And that's that's partly because Johnny Jamar Chase is a must start and T Higgins and and Tyler Boyd are great ancillary weapons. And so like, let's talk about these pass catchers that Joey B has here because this is a great spot for them. Yeah. uh, These pass catchers are very, probably some of the best pass catching group in the entire NFL. I would, I would say they're probably top five. Uh, that's a really nice young core of wide receiver group that you have. However, it isn't necessarily translating into a lot of fantasy value quite yet. I don't think Joe Burrow is quite to the level of being able to support 
a lot of different fantasy weapons on a consistent basis quite yet. And so the only guy that I am consistently going to be throwing in my lineup from now on is going to be Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase has been an absolute animal. He has had that rapport, which we, we did know that he had the rapport, right, with Chase. He played with him in college. But it is truly, truly showing up and showing out each and every single Sunday. And you could really see that Joe Burrow is really trying to make a point at trying to show exactly how good Jamar Chase is. And he's doing a great job. So I am continuing to throw him in my lineup. He has wide receiver one upside each and every single week. Uh, and, and he seems to have a pretty safe floor. T. Higgins, on the other hand, I'm a little concerned. Uh, I'm not going to be throwing him in my lineup this quickly. If I have him, he only played 70% of snaps last week, only saw seven targets in that action back again. Uh, it is a nice matchup on paper, but with Joe Burrow having all these options, I can't say with confidence that I would love to get T Higgins in my lineup. It would depend on what I had, but, um, I, I do think it could be a little bit of a slower day. And also a reason for that is also because Tyler Boyd, who's saying 82% of the snap share Travis, but he's only eclipsed over six targets in two games this season. He's uh, and one of those games, it was actually without T Higgins in the lineup. So you don't really count on that as far as data stats go. Uh, so I do have some concern with Boyd and T Higgins kind of eating each other's uh, target share, but I I'm still sticking with chase for now. And then once I see Tyler Boyd kind of, or T Higgins, excuse me, start to elevate a little bit more and get more consistent targets. I think I'll, I'll start trusting him in my lineup again. Yeah. 70% of snaps is this is the key there that you said with Higgins as he starts to get warmed up and you hit healthier. I think he's going to actually emerge as a, as a really like yes. even a one B to chase, because I think that could, is definitely still possible because of the rapport mm -hmm. he still has quickly. Anything there with CJ Uzma kind of had a down week after the breakout yeah. week a couple weeks ago. Uh, I expect it more to be down weeks than I think it was just a one week. We It was a matchup based kind of uh, start and that paired with T Higgins being out. It was kind of a happy marriage. Uh, top 12 in uh, points against the tight end position. Uh, that is Detroit, surprisingly enough. One of the only things they're top 12 in. Uh, and, and so I don't expect CJ has only seen more than two targets in that one week uh, in a single game. So not a lot of volume, not a lot of routes ran, things like that. Want to touch in quickly, uh, Johnny, on the on the running back position. Obviously, we had Joe Mixon uh, dinged up here. Anything you're seeing here that you know give give the Joe Mixon owners something to do here? And then P Ryan, if you picked him up, are you are you're, he went to the COVID nineteen list yeah. right after? Yeah. That. So yeah. What do we so think? That's, uh, do we like Chris Evans as a play here? Yeah. So that it that's an interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, Travis. Yeah, this was kind of uh, something that happened uh, where and it was kind of a low key kind of thing that not a people not a lot of people are talking about. But Samaje actually had the bulk of the snaps and the bulk of the carries in last week's game. It was like him and Joe Mixon had kind of switched spots. It was the, you know, the Friday freaky Friday, which is not what we thought. But with P Ryan now going to uh, the, the COVID list, you have to monitor uh, Joe Mixon. He was available in the media kind of part of practice when, when we recorded this and uh, he was limited in that action. If anything happens, any setbacks, Chris Evans is a guy that you are going to want to make sure you go out and get, and you could start him in this matchup. You're hoping that Joe Mixon can give it a go because, uh, and, and certainly I'm, I'm sure Cincinnati thinks so as well, because Detroit is giving up the number one fantasy points 
two opposing running backs right now. And so if Chris Evans ends up being the guy because Joe Mixon, you know, has a setback, then you're going to want to get Chris Evans in your lineup. But I do think you hope if you have Joe Mixon that he plays in this game because he should feast like crazy. Yeah, this is a great matchup for him. It's a great matchup for the Bengals. Um, I'm wondering if the Mixon injury will actually make them – you know, pass Throw a little bit yeah, more. I think I, might I, actually, I did they could think spread about it out. That. They they could spread it out and pass a little bit more because Burrow's been hot lately and they've been wanting to do that. So we'll see on that. Nothing's that been hand. really hot hot on the Detroit side of the ball except for DeAndre Swift, baby. DeAndre Swift is an RB one in PPR moving forward because he's the RB seven in PPR and he hasn't caught fewer than four balls in any game this year. And if Hawk misses time because he missed practice today, uh, it'll be it'll be much more than that that he's averaging every every week that Hawk's not in as well. We look at uh, Jamal Williams, just want to touch quickly, will be a decent RB3, RB2 upside most weeks with 14 or more touches in three straight games now. But let's talk again about DeAndre Swift, or as I like to call him, Alvin Kamara Light, because he's going to get a Cincy defense that's allowed the second most receptions to running backs on the year. Bengals opposing running backs averaging eight catches a game against them. Fire up DeAndre Swift. We love that. Jamal Williams, not as great of a matchup since he is much more stout against the pure running backs uh, this year. They're they're bottom 10 in rushing yards per game allowed. And then I want to quickly talk about the only other piece of Detroit that we care about, TJ Hawkinson. He oh, was I was going to say Jared Goff. No, uh, we L.A. doesn't care about Goff anymore, <laughs> as you can tell. TJ Hawkinson, DNP on Wednesday. Start him if he goes. But RSJ, Ertz, others, if he doesn't go, I think those are plays you can you can look at. Since he has been real tough against the tight end, but they've been dinged up over the last couple of weeks in the secondary. So monitor the, his status, him being Hawkinson, um, but his usage will eventually shine through. I'm saying better days ahead for our boy Hawkinson here, and I don't think you can mm-hmm. bench him in many cases if he's going. All right, our final game of part one is the Green Bay Packers, my Green Bay Packers, going to Chicago to face the Chicago Bears in a 45-point over-under with Green Bay favored by four and a half. Johnny, I want to talk quickly about Aaron Rodgers because he's he's kind of outside of the QB1 range right now. He's consistently killed the Bears in his career, but he only has two t- passing touchdowns in three straight games. Green Bay just seems to be fine doing what it takes to win, and that makes Rodgers susceptible to bad games. Chicago is poorly ranked. Uh, in pass D per PFF, but they have also been allowing just 15 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. I think Rodgers would beat out most waiver wire QBs, but he's still in that 12 to 14 range as a fringe QB this week. Um, but his pass catchers, Johnny, I mean, Devontae Adams, I mean, I should oh, say his, his pass yeah, catcher, his pass Devont- catcher. Yeah. is Devontae Adams, and he's just <laughs> absolutely donging right now. Yeah, you you are staying in the flames with Devonta, man. Hopefully, hopefully you have him. Hopefully you draft him or went and traded for him when he was having a couple bad games. Uh, Chicago top ten in points allowed to the wide receiver position. Fire him up, baby. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Any interest in your boy Robert Tunyon? I think he's dead and gone. But you like him here? Uh, can we please put the, can we Justin get some Timberlake fun back in Tunyon? Come on, yeah, uh, Tunyon. Yeah, I wish, man. Uh, not this week, unfortunately. Chicago, man, seventh best against tight ends. So you're not getting them in your lineup. Not been a good year for Tunyon, man. I don't know what's going on. I, again, I think it's just a low-volume attack. They're trying to run the clock and win games. Yeah. You look at uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Look, Aaron Jones locked and loaded RB1. He's on the RB1-2 borderline as he deals with the injury, but he seems to be working through it just fine, still getting great usage. Um, but since Jones picked up that injury, 
A.J. Dillon has averaged 14 touches per game over the last two weeks, including four catches last week. Remember, Jamal averaged around, Jamal Williams averaged around 10 to 12 touches per game last year, so it's possible that this usage could stick around, Johnny. I think with so many viable running backs on bye this week, Dillon will have some flex appeal as the Packers are nearly five-point road favorites against the Bears. So I think he he, he winds up on the radar a little bit for you. You in won't. This one. Uh, somebody who is completely off my radar, I have to apologize to Whisper Nation, <laughs> Is Justin Fields? Oh, okay, this hurts. This is sad. I think he's a lost sad cause. Day. I don't know. I mean, maybe after a bye week, you could say that they, you know, retool the offense. But I have little to no trust in the in the Bears' offense right now, or in Justin Fields to be that, you know, top top tier QB with upside that we thought he could be. He's last in rushing attempts, last in QBR. No signs of life coming from the coaching staff to use him more creatively or to move the pocket. PFF grade, Johnny, on a scale of a hundred. His PFF grade is 54. That is an F. Okay? That's <laughs> not an and F. F isn't for fields. It's for your F and up. Hey, okay? 54% of the time he works every time, dude. No, dude. Green Bay has been much improved against fantasy football quarterbacks, and I can't trust Fields anymore. I'm taking Darnold, Heineke, Wentz, Teddy B. I'm taking all of them over uh, Fields. I'm taking Mrs. Fields' cookies over, over Justin oh, Fields I'll take, right now. I'll basically take any kind of cookies over yeah. any. Johnny, can cookies. you give me any kind of hope if I don't like Fields that much? Can you give me any kind of hope for Allen Robinson or any of the pass catchers? Is there any upside in this one? There, uh, it's not a great matchup. One uh, with Green Bay, there we know how good their secondary is. Um, and look, a a Rob failed to eclipse fifty yards receiving in all but one game this season. His his floor has completely dropped out uh, because of this kind of offensive mess that he's kind of in right now. I feel bad for him. It is a contract year for him too, so he kind of wants the ball out but he's not been given the opportunity to. Uh, and then you look at Darnell Mooney here, and uh, he's just too inconsistent. Like, we know what his upside is. We know that he has the ability to be that, you know, a game opener or, or open the field and, and catch those long bombs. But again, you can't trust it. So I'm not going to trust him in my lineup. What about the the running backs, Johnny? Last week we saw a, yeah. a massive <laughs> rushing pie from these running backs, but this is not the game script that I think is going to work out for them. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if they try to employ that same kind of, you know, game strategy. Uh, they came out early Sunday morning and talked about how they wanted to run the ball a lot, or that's the scheme that they kind of came or the game plan they came up with this past week was just to run the ball a lot. And you saw that because you saw Williams and Herbert both get 50% of the snaps. They had like, it was exactly identical. 18 total touches for Williams, 18 total touches for Herbert. Three red zone carries for Williams, three red zone carries for Herbert. Uh, I I would have more confidence in starting Williams, especially because this matchup, if they get behind, I would expect William because Herbert is, he was not targeted at all. He only went out for four routes and was never targeted. Whereas uh, you, you have Williams, when he goes out for routes, they actually do somewhat target him. Uh, and, and so I would more have more confidence starting Herbert, or excuse me, Williams in this matchup where Green Bay has allowed almost 600 all-purpose yards and six touchdowns on the season to opposing running backs. So I would start him. Keep an eye on Herbert, though. He's interesting. Well, this was interesting to get through these <laughs> matchups with the first week of buys. I hope yeah, you guys dude. found it interesting as well with Spernation. We're trying to help you guys dominate your weekly game here. Um that does it, though, for us for part one of the weekly matchup show. Make sure if you want to get part two, you go subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. And if you have any further lineup questions, make, your, make sure you're subscribed and tune in Sunday morning on YouTube an hour and a half before kickoff. And check the fantasywhispers.com as the weekend comes upon you for our weekly rankings. 
For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fancy Whispers. We're out. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Congratulations on making it to the end of the video. If you still have a lot to say about fantasy football, maybe you want to give Johnny a little bit of crap for his take today, then go on over to our Discord channel and join the conversation there. Click the link in the description below. And if you still want more content, check out one of these videos. Homie, don't you hear the whispers?